Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Good evening, everybody, and welcome to Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. I'm Bob Lovell. Glad you're with us to talk about football. Plenty of it. Talk about the Colts. We'll also talk some college and high school football. Right now, though, it's a busy weekend, so we need less of me, more of the star of our show. It's Network Indiana's Eddie Garrison. Thank you, Coach Lovell. 31-13 is the score from South Bend between the Notre Dame Fighting Irish, who are ranked 21st. No, I'm calling football in the 10th ranked USA Trojans. Sam Hartman, two passing touchdowns. He just hit Chris Tyree for a 46-yard touchdown completion. He's up to 119 yards through the air. Audric Estime, 54 yards on the ground and two rushing scores. Caleb Williams has yet to throw for a passing touchdown. 156 yards through the air for Williams and three interceptions. Notre Dame up by 18 with 2.45 to go in the third quarter. The Indiana Hoosiers went up north to Michigan in the big house, and they got handed a big loss from the Wolverines, 52-7. to Head coach Tom Allen spoke after the game about the loss. Just uh, against a good team like this, you know, we had a window of time, got off to a really good start, uh, but then in that second quarter window, uh, let some things slip away, as we just mentioned. So uh, just you can't let a team like this have, have any you know, mistakes. You turn the ball over four times, it's hard to be a good team. It's hard to be a team to turn the ball over four times. We need to take away yourself. You know, so we had four, you know, three sacks early. Just disappointing. You can't play a team like this of this caliber, you know, and has those kind of mistakes, especially you guys can't football. You can't turn it over. IU utilized both of their quarterbacks coming out of the bye week and Taven Jackson and Brendan Sorsby. Both of them are redshirt freshmen. Tom Allen on their performances. Just trying to find the best combination. You know, we've got to obviously make some changes in our offense and who's, who's running it. Uh, I thought we did some good things in regards to changing tempos up and, and uh, trying to do some things there offensively, but just didn't sustain them. Uh, but at the same time, we got to find, you know, who's going to be that person. You know, I just feel like that uh, we're for us to be where we need to be to finish of the last half of our season, uh, it's going to be important we get the guy there that's going to protect the football and run the offense to the highest level possible. So obviously making some changes and that was part of our evaluation process. Next up for the Indiana Hoosiers will be homecoming against the Scarlet Knights of Rutgers. IU will enter that contest two and four. And West Lafayette, the Purdue Boilermakers, welcome the third-ranked Ohio State Buckeyes, who are without three of their best players, Mian Williams, Emeka Abuka Jr., and that did not stop the Ohio State Buckeyes. They outscored Purdue 41-7 to in this one. Marvin Harrison Jr., six receptions, 105 yards, and receiving touchdown. Hudson Card, 126 yards passing, a passing touchdown. Devin Mockaby was the bright spot offensively for Purdue 110 yards on the ground, averaging 100 or 6.1 yards per carry. Ryan Walters explains what he took away from this loss. When you look at it, they're they're out of place um, as a program. 
uh, where we're trying to get to, and that's to be in a, a position where you are consistently competing for championships. Um, and so you see how far how far we have to go and how much work we got to do. Um, you know, I, I feel like at times we're in positions to make plays, and and they made the competitive play almost every time. And um, anytime you know you go through a game like that, it, it can get away from you. Um, so we you know we got bye week coming up at the right time. We're definitely banged up as a as a program, so we got to get uh, guys back and, and get healthy to, to go on this last you know five game stretch. We talked about the bye week. What are going to be those bye week plans, Coach Walters? We'll use this this week to rest up, uh, to hit the ground um, recruiting as a as a staff, uh, to try to you know get some extra practices in and, and get young guys and, and guys that haven't done a whole lot of playing uh, some good work and, and reps throughout the week, and then we'll uh, we'll add some uh, Nebraska prep toward the end of the week and, and get a, a good Sunday practice um, heading into the the game week and, and trying to go get a win in, in Lincoln. Purdue is 2-5, and five, and as Coach Walters noted, the bye week followed by Nebraska on the road. And finally, Ball State, they fell at home to Toledo 13-6. to For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network College Football Today. Michigan beats IU 52-7. to With me from the IU Sports Network, our good friend John Herrick. John, thanks so much for the call. This was a very difficult day for the Hoosiers. I think people saw just how good this Michigan team really is. Yeah, uh, yeah, Bob. Knew going in, uh, it was going to be a monumental task. You're playing the second-ranked team in the country who's probably a national championship contender and a college football playoff team at this point. Uh, and I had a feeling that Indiana might be able to catch them off guard early, and they did. Mm-hmm. Ran a little trick play, and uh, Brendan Soresby threw a pass to Donovan McCulley, Lawrence North product, and then McCulley threw one down the field, and Jalen Lucas was wide open and caught the touchdown pass. So now you're thinking, okay, Indiana's in here, and they're completely shocking this crowd of 110,000 people. Uh, right, Michigan, right. The, Michigan's the second-ranked team in the country for a reason. Uh, they settled into a groove, and I think I think Jim Harbaugh was able to get them refocused. Uh, the thing that stands out to me about this game, Bob, where Indiana really hurt themselves, turnovers and tackling. A lot of missed tackles on defense, and you had four turnovers. You had two interceptions from Taven Jackson, two lost fumbles. Mm-hmm. Um, Michigan is already really, really good, and they don't need your help. Right. So when you turn the ball over four times right. and you help them that way, you're just making life even more difficult on yourself. Yeah, you're right. And you go in knowing uh, that it's a uh, it's going to take a Herculean task uh, to, to win. Uh, and you can ill afford, as you point out, missed tackles, significant misses, and uh, turn the ball over. Um, I'm a basketball coach, but, I, I mean, turnovers, whatever the sport you're playing, turnovers will cost you games. And, you know, again – uh, it's it's a, an IU team struggling uh, on the offensive end right now uh, to find some rhythm, uh, to be able to move the ball. Um, brand new offensive coordinator, though, uh, and, and there's optimism, and rightfully so, but you're, you're playing the wrong team at the wrong place at the wrong time right now. <laughs> yeah, um, I think Rod Terry did some nice things, and I think the offensive line played a little bit better I thought the play calling was, a, was pretty innovative. They got some of the receivers involved uh, a little bit more, and they tried to get something established on the running side of things. But unfortunately, one of their best running backs, Josh Henderson, is still out with an injury. 
Tennessee. I hope mm-hmm. he comes back mm-hmm. next week when you have this pivotal, pivotal must-win game against Rutgers if you want to be eligible for a bowl game at any point. You've got to get next week's home game against Rutgers, and you hope Henderson's back for that game. And also, you know, they played Taven Jackson and Brendan Soresby a lot, and some people might right. want to know why. Well, they're just trying to find something. They're, going to, they're trying to figure out what works, um, and they just haven't quite found that with either one of these quarterbacks yet. And there's also the possibility that you could see Dexter Williams again. He's coming back from that injury. He's healing pretty well. Mm-hmm. He was questionable going mm-hmm. into today's game. He didn't play. He might play uh, before the season is out at quarterback, and he led Indiana to that unreal come-from-behind win against Michigan State last year and had Indiana 7-3 right, right. against Purdue in the bucket game before he got injured. So you can't rule out that possibility either in the coming weeks. The thing you worry about is mentally, you know, this is a tough loss. Uh, it has been difficult. It, it's a young group, uh, and, and you worry about their mental frame of mind because there's a, still a, a lot of football to be played. Yeah, uh, in, in a way there is, but there isn't. Yeah, you do have six games left, but on the other hand, you have to know we only have six games left. So you have to do everything you can to put everything you have uh, into those last six games. There are some graduate seniors on this team. It's going to be probably the last football they ever play in these last six games. So, you know, they're going to be really fired up right. to go. Um, and you got Penn State's going to be really tough. But then, you know, you've got Michigan State, Purdue, and Illinois, and Wisconsin in November, all four teams that have uh, had rocky seasons. So uh, there, there are some good possibilities, but you've got to take uh, – Take your lumps from this tough loss today and find a way to learn from it because, yeah, not a whole lot of time left as you only have half the season. John Herrick from the IU Sports Radio Network. IU losing at Michigan 52-7. to Hoosiers back in action next week. Uh, they are taking on – who? Uh, oh, they're playing – who are they playing next week? Rutgers, thank you. Rutgers, you already said yeah. that. Thank you. Okay. Rutgers, you're right. Very, very important game. John, I know you've had a very long day. I really appreciate you taking time to call. Have a great weekend. Not a problem. Anything for you, Coach. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you, John. <laughs> Maybe you could help me with my memory. <laughs> so, <laughs> All right. Scoreboard update coming up with Eddie Garrison. After that, we're going to continue to talk college football. We'll talk a little Purdue uh, a little bit later on. We'll talk some Ball State in this hour. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The Trojans are threatening to score again against the Fighting Irish, but the Notre Dame Fighting Irish are leading by 18. There's about 10 minutes left, 31 to 13, and USC is on the Notre Dame about 10-yard line, so they're threatening to score. Coming up tomorrow, the Indianapolis Colts are facing the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville, where they haven't won since 2014 on the bright side. They have a different regime in place this go-around. Gardner Minshew will get the start. 
The former Jag talks about that Jacksonville defense. They're uh, doing a great job right now. Their front's doing a good job against the run, playing well. This back end, safeties are super physical. I love how they play, man. They're really awesome. Corners on the outside do a good job of keeping top on everything. Uh, so it's a tough unit, you know, but at the end of the day, we just have to focus on us and uh, what we can do. Colts defense, on the other hand, they will have their hands full against Jacksonville. They'll have to try to contain Travis Etienne, Evan Ingram, Calvin Ridley, who shredded them for over 100 yards receiving, and Christian Kirk. Gus Brownlee talks about the challenges of facing Jacksonville's offense. You know, it's a difficult task. They've got a lot of weapons, the running back, you know, the running game. So it really stretches you in all facets of the game, the run game, the pass game, the play action, the RPOs. They have it all. So we're just going to have to do a good job. It's, it's challenging because they'll take shots. So we got to stay in lead position, but they'll also run deep comebacks, you know, where you got to, you know, transfer out of that high RPM mode and be able to play that. So it's a challenging week for us, and especially on the perimeter. Kickoff at 1 o'clock tomorrow on CBS. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk. Purdue on the day, tough loss. Ohio State comes into Ross-Aid, beats the uh, Boilermakers 41-7 from the Purdue Sports Radio Network. Rob Blackman joins me. Rob, this is a disappointing loss. Offensively, never uh, able to get anything going on, obviously. And then defensively, you've got a banged-up, injury-depleted Ohio State backfield that seemed to have its way with the uh, Boilers today. Yeah, banged up's a good word for this group, uh, and uh, something Ryan Walters talked about in the post-game show. And as he said, we're not trying to make excuses, but the fact is, this team could use a break. And luckily, they get a break this coming week because Purdue uh, will be off uh, next weekend. So, uh, but yeah, just uh, look, uh, Ohio State's number three in the country for a reason. Uh, if you want to talk injuries, Ohio State doesn't want to hear about it because they played without their top running back today. Uh, in their second, actually their top two running backs today and their second best receiver were out with injury. Mm -hmm. And yet they just seem to churn right along as they typically do. So um, you're not going to, not going to blame it on injuries. Certainly Ohio state isn't going to worry about that kind of stuff. And again, that's why they're number three in the country. They just have so many talented guys. uh, They can run at you. Um, I did think Purdue did some good things. I mean, that opening drive of the game, Purdue took the ball right down the field and put themselves in a position to, to make a field goal, missed it. And the same thing happened at mm. the end of the first half. Purdue drove the ball right mm-hmm. down the field, went tempo offense, uh, had a chip shot field goal that they missed, uh, and it was just kind of one of those days. I mean, Purdue had three missed field goals on the game, and I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but, you know, Purdue punches no, one in there at the end of the first half. <laughs> right, right. You, you know, all, now you're going into halftime down 20-7 to seven, or at least 20-3, to three, and you feel like you have a little momentum, but – uh, yeah, just not a good day for Purdue football. And uh, if you're going to have a bad day, you might not want to do it against the third-ranked team in the country because they, they can really make no. your day a lot worse. And that's what Ohio State did to Purdue this afternoon. No doubt, no doubt about it. Well, at home, that's the other part. And now they've, what, lost four of their last five? 
I mean, they're 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 in a, a slump without question, and and it's I think you, the indicator is you miss chip shots for field goals. That yeah, you know, in the grand scheme of things, okay, maybe not that important. They are because it's really frustrating for your team to drive and do the things you do to get there and come away with nothing. That that's very it's it, it frustrating, deflating, whatever adjectives you want to use on on a psyche of a young team that's fragile anyway yeah i would go back and and i get i'll give credit to ryan walters he taught when he visited with us on a post game he brought this up and i i thought this was a great point you know right there at the end of the first half purdue had the ball at basically the one foot line uh had a first and goal from the literally 12 inches away and ended up settling for a field goal that they missed um and then to start the second half uh ohio state had the first possession and Ohio State was in mm-hmm. third and long on their very first set of downs and converted. Uh, and as Ryan Walters said, and I thought this is a great point, if Purdue scores a touchdown at the end of the first half, you're down 20-7, to seven, and then you come out and get a three and out to start the second half, all of a sudden you do have some momentum on your side, and you feel like, hey, you can play yes. with these guys. So those are, those are just two small plays in the grand scheme of things that end up being such a big deal. Because those two plays did not go the way of Purdue. You end up missing a field goal. You end up giving up a third and long conversion. And the next thing you know, Ohio State goes down, scores a touchdown. And it's kind of, right. you know, that's basically, you know, turn the lights out. This game's over because now it's 27 nothing. So when you're Purdue in the, in the position they're in currently, in a rebuilding mode with a brand-new coach and a brand-new right. staff, your margin for error is so razor thin. And, again, when you're playing Ohio State, that that razor thin is even thinner. If that's possible, you can't. You just have no room for error when you play a team like Ohio State, and and too many errors today for Purdue. But even with that said, you know Purdue won the takeaway battle today. Purdue had two fumble right. recoveries. Purdue Purdue did not turn the ball over, um, which is pretty good against Ohio State defensively. You don't turn the ball over. Um, so there were some again. There were some good things. But as I said, I've said it now, I think it feels like a hundred times. You just can't beat Ohio State if you're Purdue unless no. you play a perfect game. And today was far from perfect. Yeah, and it, it underscores, and you talk about you know, the whole in the grand scheme, not to belabor that particular phrase, but Purdue has, excuse me, Ohio State has, as you said, well noted uh, injury problems with their running backs. You know, top two running backs out, top receiver out. And yet, as you point out, they plug people in because they have quality depth. They've had quality depth for a long time. They continue to have quality depth. If you're going to be at that level, you have quality. You and I have had this conversation before. So when you're coming in in a rebuilding mode, the one thing you don't have is quality depth. You don't have a lot of playmakers. You don't have a lot of difference makers. And it takes a while to find them and develop them. And uh, that's unfortunately for Purdue fans, that's where they are right now. Yeah, a great point to that, Bob, would be in the second half, Purdue was playing uh, at defensive back a young man by the name of Zion Steptoe. Uh, Zion came to Purdue as a wide receiver and actually during the, the summer camp uh, was expected to be one of Purdue's top wide receivers. Uh, but mm-hmm. Purdue has gotten so thin in the secondary that today he's playing corner cornerback against the Ohio State Buckeyes. So that, that, wow. that just there is one small example to uh, just to confirm what you're saying. Um, just do not have the depth that, that the Ohio State Buckeyes do. And look, 
credit to Ohio State and Ryan Day. In in this modern day, no pun intended, of transfer portal guys, guys who are backups that just you know transfer so they can be a starter somewhere else. Right. Ohio right. State doesn't seem to have that problem. They're 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 backups. They they like being at Ohio State. They they don't mind waiting their turn at least for now. And that's a credit to what they're doing at Ohio State that you can keep that that quality of an athlete, uh, you know, as your third or fourth stringer and keep them satisfied and happy enough that they want to stick around and play for you, uh, even though maybe they aren't getting the number of reps they would like right now. So uh, hats off to Ohio State. Uh, I, I just I just thought they were so well coached today, and, they're man, they're good. They're, they're fun to watch unless you're the team on the other sideline playing. Them. They're not <laughs> yeah. so much fun, yeah. but they, right. they are a really, really quality team, and they, they are fun to watch. Rob Blackman with us from the Purdue Radio Network talking about Purdue-Ohio State. Uh, Devin Mockaby has a good day today. One one of the positives, a bright positive, that is the play of Mockaby this afternoon. Uh, yeah, only uh, only running back this season to have over 100 yards rushing against Ohio State's defense. So I, I did think that was certainly a positive. And, and that was good to see. You know, Purdue played, speaking of injuries, Purdue played without Tyrone Tracy today, who is who is mm. typically the number one running back. He was out because of injury. He injured last week at Iowa. So Purdue did not have their number one tailback today. But it's nice to have Devin Mockaby because really Mockaby's really he may not be one A, but he's one B on the depth chart. So right, right. nice to see Devin have a good game. And yeah, you know, hundred yards rushing against uh, Ohio State. No running back had done that this year. Uh so that you're right. That was that was a good positive to see. Hudson Card struggled a little bit, couldn't get going. You're going against one of the best defenses in the country, so I suppose that's understandable. Hudson needs a week off. He was uh he was dinged up pretty good uh, against uh, mm. Iowa last weekend, mm. uh, and you could tell he's just not at 100%. Uh, right. And you, you could see it again today. Uh, he, he needs a much-needed week off, which Purdue's about to get here this coming weekend, as I said. Uh, I, I tell you what, he's playing his guts out, and he's given a great, great effort, but he is he's one of those guys that's nicked and, and really could use a few extra days off because he is not nowhere near 100% physically. Well, I might have to cancel next week's show because uh, you're not going to be able to join us. You're going to have a weekend off. <laughs> well, well, if you get desperate, Purdue basketball does have an inter-squad scrimmage Saturday morning, so I'll be at that. If you want to talk some hoops, we can at least talk right. that, I guess. Yeah. Uh, that is nice to know. Uh, but, you <laughs> yes, know, I, tr- like I, <laughs> I try not to, to, to use a, a, a financial term, I try not to co-mingle. Uh, I, try to, I, try to separate, I try to separate football and basketball. I, I really do because, you know, I don't want to be that guy. Rob Blackman, it's great to talk to you. Enjoy the week. Appreciate it very much. Have a great weekend. Okay. Yep, sounds good. Thank you, Bob. Thank you. Coming up, Scoreboard Update with Eddie Garrison on Indiana Sports Talk. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20 milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. The NBA season is underway. Preseason action for the Indiana Pacers this week. They had two games. They had one last Sunday and one on Tuesday night, both on the road. Now they will play in Gamebridge Fieldhouse coming up on Monday night. Today, they had Fan Jam at Gamebridge Fieldhouse, an inter-squad scrimmage between, between the starters and the second unit and the backups. 
one. Buddy Hill was the main source of offense. He had 18 points as Team Blue defeated Team White 51-44. to The friendship and the bond between Buddy Heald and Tyrese Halliburton uh, stems from their times in Sacramento. Here's Buddy Heald on having bragging rights over Tyrese. I always get bragging rights sometimes, nothing new. <laughs> but uh, it's fun, though, to go to compete, be in front of the fans, and it's just be able to, like, you know, just show what we've been working on training camp, and uh, can't wait to get back out there on Monday. Overall, the Pacers shooting guard explains the benefits of the fan jam. First of all, introduce the team and then uh, just, you know, just connect with the fans, you know, sign an autograph. You know, a lot of kids, uh, they don't get to see us during the games, after the games, you know, just come in here and just sign an autograph and uh, just shaking their hand, taking pictures with them. Just building that family culture with them and uh, know, know that we're here for them and uh, they come out here and support us every night so uh, we can just come out here and just give, give, give something back to them. Indiana will play the Atlanta Hawks on Monday at 7 o'clock Eastern from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. And then their final preseason game will be against the Cleveland Cavaliers on Friday, October 20th. They will start the regular season at home against the Washington Wizards. That game will be on Wednesday, October 25th, and that'll be a 7 p.m. tip from Gamebridge Fieldhouse. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everybody. Glad you could join us on Indiana Sports Talk. College football today, Toledo beats Ball State 13-6 from WMUN in Muncie, one of our great affiliated stations. Mark Forrester joins us. Hello, Mark. Hey, Coach. How are you? I'm great. It's great to hear from you. I hope everything is, everything's not well in, in Muncie uh, with this game, unfortunately, but I'm sure that you're busy with WMUN. And we appreciate you guys being part of our network. And um, I know you're going to be busy next weekend with some high school football. We'll talk about that in a few minutes. But this was a great football game. Not a lot of offense, obviously. But Toledo uh, having a a really solid run right now. And Ball State, frustrating year that that they're having. Close, but just can't get the things they need at the time they needed them today. Yeah, the, the, this game's a, a little tough for Cardinal fans to try to figure out how to feel about it because coming in, uh, the you know the week was was so much about how to turn things around, how to how, how to see you know closer games because really over the last couple of years, Ball State has played in a lot of one-score games and uh, one in five heading into today, and none of the games have been closer um, than, than, than two scores. Um, every single one, many of them, uh, by 20-plus points. Um, and, and the thought was uh, Toledo was going to come in and, and, and maybe add to that, uh, but this was a, a one-score game the entire way. You know, you can say a lot of things about weather and, and, and different related factors but um in some ways again it's a loss you're one in six there's not a lot to hang on to from a success standpoint but um the the fight of that team they they haven't quit Mm -hmm. and you know there's been a lot of different rumors and fan reaction and those sorts of things i think uh without question you you can talk about the effort and uh the four quarter mentality that sometimes comes across as a cliche there's no question about it today uh that team played very hard to the end and quite frankly coach uh there's a couple three plays there made mistakes they could have won the football game and beaten the defending mid-american conference champions uh coming in at one and five today which is which, which is crazy to say 
No, I mean, it's, I think, a credit to the kids and a credit to the coaches. You're playing, as you mentioned, Toledo. Uh, they're 6-1 and one and uh, leading their division for a reason. They won it last year. So that's a good, solid football team. And it's a, a Ball State team, young in certain spots. They've struggled. Uh, haven't been able to find that particular rhythm. And, and uh, that's a tough team to play in a situation you're in, yet they're, they're in it. And, and I'm not sure they necessarily have a chance to win, but it's a one-score ball game. Toledo was favored by 17-and-a-half coming into today, and this was a seven-point game. Um, you know, and late in the fourth quarter, it was a 3-3 game. Both defenses played really, really well. Right. Um, I, I think it was good for Ball State in a lot of ways. Uh, changes for Ball State, this is their third different starting quarterback. Kyle Kelly uh, started today for Ball State, and, you know, he did some nice things, r- led the team in rushing. He is a true dual threat for this football team. He's uh, had reps at wide receiver reps at running back, reps as the gadget quarterback in a two-quarterback system, and today he, mm-hmm. he was the starter. There was uh, only one time uh, Lane Hatcher came in quickly for a snap after Kyle Kelly's helmet came off after a hit. He came out for one play, came back in, but it was Kyle Kelly's show today, and uh, look, hard, hard, to, hard to tell what, what you have going forward with it. But, um, you know, I have Coach New on my program each and every week on Thursdays, and um, they, they just came to the realization because – and there's, there's a lot of, lot of things you can talk about, lack of execution and uh, missed opportunities and not, lack of consistency. Um, this team's been riddled with injuries. Maybe one of the most important players, Brady mm. Hunt, the tight end. Mm-hmm. Um, it was announced today he had surgery. He's out for the season. Um, they oh, lost argu- arguably their best defender in game number one in Clayton Cole. And by the way, Coach, you know you know, you make a little bit of uh, the, the preseason media days. Clayton Cole and Brady Hunt were the two players that represented Ball State there, not right. just because of leadership, but they expected both of those guys to be big parts of their football team. So, again, you know, it, there, there's definitely been moments of lack of consistency, but they've had to change their identity on both sides of the football throughout this season. And, and today, with some of the changes, they were more of a run-pass option offense with the dual threat capabilities of Kyle mm-hmm. Kelly. You could see some glimpses of the offense starting to get loose a bit again. Right. Hard to tell today because the weather played such a factor. You know, Clayton Call is from Franklin um, and graduated from Franklin. No, His dad, Chris, a great guy, Franklin College grad. So I'm at Meyer uh, just before, right to the end of summer, and I, I'm walking down the parking lot, at, and who's calling my name? Clayton calls, call him. And so he was excited. Uh, this is before, you know, you, you were talking about me, his team and all that. Uh, and then, uh, you know, his dad called me after a win one night, and I said, you know, so how's Clayton? Well, you know, he's, he's hurt. And, and, Ah, uh, feel so great. What a wonderful kid. What a tremendous player. And that, those are big losses now. You're talking about two really, really key on this team. Yeah, there's no question, Coach. It, 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 it's heart-wrenching in a lot of different ways. And, you know, um, oh, yeah. offensively with, with, with Brady Hunt. But, yeah, the, the heart and soul of that defense was Clayton Call. There's no question about yeah. it. I think if, if Ball State had a really nice year, uh, he would have been in the running for Mid-American Conference Defensive Player of the Year. Um, there's He does so many different things. And they asked him to do so much, not just as a middle linebacker, but in in, in, in pass coverage and in, in blitzing. And it, you could 
could just kind of feel the air come out of that um, that that right. room when when he went down because the injury was not great. Uh, you could kind of see it. Uh, the the Brady Hunt situation is one that uh, has been tough because uh, he's a local kid uh, that played quarterback for Delta for three years, came in and was an all ma- all American as a freshman at tight end. Right. They got two guys in Tanner Koziel, uh who played for Mount Vernon Fortville, and then Brady Hunt who played for Delta. The, the, the two tight ends said is what this offense was going to be based on, um, not just in the passing game, which both are very capable there, but in the run game. Um, you know, talk. Coach talked about the 12 personnel, and now they have to be 11 personnel um, because it just changes the way you do things. Brady Hunt was supposed to come back a couple games ago, uh, and then he had a setback, um, and it was reported today that, again, it looks like the season's over before it even got started for Brady Hunt. He didn't play in those first couple games of the season. So, again, they got to change things around. And uh, But but I, I think the, the, the best-case scenario is, A, they got their running game going today. Uh, we'll see if that plays plays out the right. rest of the way. Look, Toledo's as tough an opponent as they'll have the rest of the way. Um, you're 1-6, obviously got to win out to be bowl eligible. Um, crazier things have happened, but certainly an uphill battle for Ball State football. I think the battle, number one, is just is mentally when, when you – as a group, you get deflated when your guys go down. It hurt. I mean, it's, it's personal. I mean, these are your buddies. <laughs> these, these are your teammates. And so, you know, that deflation is, is there. And, and the mental thing, I've talked about a couple of times tonight, you've got to get yourselves mentally prepared because you know physically, you know, it's still you're banged up in spots, but you got to be mentally tough to withstand what you have to go through when these remaining games. There, there's no question, Coach. And, and the biggest thing is throughout the season, there's been moments the offense has had a great game, but the defense has not. Uh, and then vice yeah, versa. Yeah. Uh, and then special teams mistakes uh, against Kentucky and Georgia, which we know how that kind of resulted out. This is kind of the first time against a very quality opponent um, that they had glimpses of moments offensively. Again, they rushed for 167 yards. And they played incredibly great defense against a Toledo team that had put up 33 points or more in their first three Mid-American Conference games. So there's something you can kind of hang your hat on in in a small glimmer there. Again, none of those guys in that locker room are going to take the moral victory. Uh, but, But there might be just that ounce of momentum where you say, hey, we can honestly say we did some good things today. Uh, what's going what's gonna to hurt them is, um, you know, the, the play that, that stands out to me, Toledo scores, there's about a minute 10 left, second down play, uh, perfectly designed uh, offensive play call. They had a running back on a wheel route down the near sideline, perfect ball by Kelly. Uh, that, that running back, Rico Barfield, he catches that, he's going for six, and we may have a mm-hmm. tie ball game heading to overtime. Um, you know, again, those types of plays that just are, right. are, are gutting, but – um, at the end of the day, you know, uh, we'll see how the rest of the season goes, but maybe maybe a small glimpse of hope. Mark Forrester from WMUN. Thanks a lot, Mark. I appreciate it. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Coach. You too. Appreciate it. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, Ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. 
It's all but just a formality at this point, and it is a full-on onslaught now by Notre Dame as they lead by 27 points, pending the extra points, 48-20 to 20 now, the successful Spencer Schrader PA team. And Notre Dame has outscored USC 17-7 to 7 in the fourth quarter. Caleb Williams completed the pass just moments ago to Mario Williams. He fumbled and... Notre Dame took it for a touchdown. That defense has been on another level. They picked off Caleb Williams three times. That led to 21 points for the Notre Dame offense. They have a kickoff return for a touchdown, and they just had a defensive score. So the defense is the main reason why Notre Dame is able to come out with the the win over USC, the first loss of the year for the Trojans. Notre Dame will be 6-2. and two. Elsewhere in top 25 action in college football. Miami and North Carolina 35-17 advantage for the Tar Heels over the Hurricanes. North Carolina 12th ranked. Miami is 25th. 21 points in the third quarter is what North Carolina scored to go up by 18. There's 14 minutes left in that game. Missouri up by 17 points after an 18-point fourth quarter has them ahead by three scores with 3.15 to go in the final period. UCLA, Oregon State, Carson Steele, former Center Grove product, 18 carries, 99 yards, and a rushing score. But the Bruins, they are trailing the Beavers 36-24, just over 14 minutes left in that one. And the 17th-ranked Duke Blue Devils, they're up three scores on NC State, 24-3. For Network Indiana Sports, I'm Eddie Garrison. Welcome back, everyone. This is Indiana Sports Talk, brought to you by Indiana Donor Network. College football today, the Hanover College Panthers celebrated great homecoming win. They beat Manchester 34-0. A very happy Matt Theobald joins me. Coach, it's always great to win home games, especially at homecoming. The faithful are back. They all like, they love you on a day like today. So congratulations. No, it was a, it was a great atmosphere today, Bob. We had little, little rain and sprinkles and, uh, but it was great seeing a bunch. We had some alumni guys that were that were part of that first kind of building pro, couple building years for me, and uh, got right. out of med school and, and came back from Florida and New York just to just to kind of watch, watch the Panthers. So it's uh, it was great seeing those guys <laughs> and being them all grown up now, and uh, a lot of older alums like me got to come back and have a good time out in the tailgating section. Man, we we do it right there at Hanover. So, uh, good day, though. It was a good day for the Panthers. I can attest to that. Uh, On the time that my grandson was down there, uh, he was was there. He and his uh, lacrosse teammates came back to support their beloved alma mater. I got to tell you, I did something a couple of weekends ago. You can appreciate this. Uh, Something I hadn't done since 1982, and that was I went back to uh, homecoming at Franklin College. And, okay. um, yeah, I mean, it, it'd been that long since I'd been yeah. there. And I yeah. went back. Yeah, I went back because a number of my players uh, contacted me. One, one, of my, one of our guys is having some health issues, and he was coming down to homecoming and wanted to see people. And they said, Coach, you gotta, you got to come over. I mean, you, you know, we, we understand you, but you, you just got to – for this one day, you got to come over yeah. and hang out with yep. us. And so yep. it was – you know what? It's, I miss it. I miss it dearly. Uh, it was great, and I understand the emotion. Yet you gotta you gotta win a football game, and uh, <laughs> you sure responded yeah. well today. 
Well, I, you know, I tell everybody, all my buddies come back and they're, you know, ready to see me after the game. And I'm like, I got to go work for the next eight hours and try to win, you know, and win this. That's why everybody's here. Right, yeah, right. Yeah. No, we uh, we came out. We, we, we really played well in, in, in all three phases. I mean, it wasn't the cleanest game. Um, but, you know, we, we had a Michael Gordon, a sophomore receiver. We turned the uh, opening kickoff of the second half. That was really uh, the only score up until about the fourth quarter. And we had a. Uh, a freshman, uh, Arge, kid from Indian Creek, came in in the fourth quarter, threw a nice little dime for us, so we're, we're pretty happy with some of the development there. And uh, just, you know, the defense just played well, and we, we, got, we created four turnovers and made stops when we had to make stops. And, you know, and, and, and I, you know, Coach Van, and, and he's done a nice job at Manchester. They they were they, they have gotten better throughout the season, and so our hats off were to him. And, you know, they played well and did some stuff that gave us some trouble, but – uh, you know, we our, our our playmakers made plays today, and um, hmm. we're just happy to come out with a win. A win is a win, and now we've got a big one for Mount St. Joe next week. And um, you know, it's a chance to to take a step towards that conference championship. And they're the defending conference champs, and so uh, we're going to give them everything we got next Saturday. Matt Theobald, the head coach at Hanover. They beat Manchester 34 nothing today, successful homecoming. Hey, Matt, I know you got some celebrating and some time with your former players. I appreciate you taking time on a busy night, and I wish you and the Panthers best of luck next week. Appreciate it, Bob. Look forward to seeing you out there at one of those tailgates. I'll look forward to it. Thank you so much. Matt Theobald, great guy, wonderful guy. And they're good. Uh, I will tell you, they're, they're 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 good. The MSJ game will be a big one next week, and we'll we'll talk about it. All right, coming up, short break. We got a lot of football to talk about in the next hour. Paul Condry from the Regional Radio Sports Network and in, and Indiana Football Digest will join us, and we'll talk Week Nine of high school football. Look ahead to the sectionals. That's coming up in the next hour. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Welcome back, everybody. I'm Bob Lovell. This is Indiana Sports Talk. Eddie Garrison, scoreboard update, aficionado, and the scoremeister, if you will. All right, Eddie, we're going to be bragging about your Indiana University of Indianapolis Greyhounds here in a few minutes. Ooh, Big go. win for them today at Truman State. This just, this almost, does this put them in? I don't know that they're locked up now for the Division II tournament, but they got a great, a great start on it. I would assume that it would. Um, right now, they are 13th in the latest Division II uh, poll. They d- went on the road, defeated Truman State, who is 19th, and it wasn't really close at all. Uh, no, big it wasn't win. Even a game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, they had they were hitting on all three phases. Chris Kevers will tell you that the head coach of the the Greyhounds, 38-17 final score. Uh, they get a blocked field goal. They return that for a touchdown. Yikes! Uh, get some <laughs> they get some scores offensively. Gavin right. Cup, uh, three passing touchdowns. They rush for a touchdown as well. So a nice all around solid performance by the Greyhounds, who uh, historically have struggled in the NCAA tournament. Um, at least the last handful of years, they haven't had the quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They've had the defense to get there, but they really haven't had right. the quarterback uh, to get them over the hump. And it seems like Gavin Sukup, uh, as a junior, uh, has uh, has that ability. Sounds to me like they absolutely do. All right, so 
When did the Pacers get started? I know I'm talking football, but you know me. I've, I've kind of made a living in basketball. When, when do those – I mean, are they still in preseason games? Or when when's their season open? Uh, they start their regular season three weeks from tonight. So the 25th. Oh. Or, well, no, All not right, three weeks from tonight. They've got 11 days. Sorry. I can't do math. But we, I can tell you to regress toward the mean and everything like that, but I can't do simple math like 25 minus 14. So, <laughs> yeah, 11 days, Wednesday, October 25th. <laughs> oh, Eddie, <laughs> I understand. I, I I have that same affliction. That's why I was an English major. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, all right, so it's not long from now, and then uh, we've still got we still got a lot of football. To, do you have a game? Do you have a game? Uh, a sectional game on Friday? I do not. Uh, with the Pacers playing on Friday for their final preseason game, oh uh, yeah, producing yeah, yeah. that yeah. for the uh, Pacers radio right. network. So I will Who'd not. You, have you had Brownsburg last night, right? Yeah, I had Brownsburg Hamilton Southeastern last night. Brownsburg showed you how good they are. Yeah, and I was actually I was impressed with Hamilton Southeastern as well. 21-14 final score, but uh, HSC really couldn't do much offensively in the first half. Second half, they come out. Uh, they go down and score after an interception defensively. Gets them right back in Brian. the game. They tie it at 14. Uh, Brownsburg marches right down the field after that. They score. They go up 14-7, and then they get a stop with their defense. Uh, Hamilton Southeastern scores in the fourth quarter, um, and then HSC gets the ball late. Trailing by a score, a couple of defensive pass interference uh, penalties called by Brownsburg, one most notably on a fourth down that extended the drive for the Royals. But it all ended with a turnover on downs. Uh, Hamilton Southeastern's quarterback Chandler Weston could not connect with the future Division One prospect that is Donovan Hamilton at wide receiver to tie it right. um, with about 10 seconds left. Overall, good game. I was really impressed with both teams, though. All right, Eddie. Eddie's going to take a short break because he's going to come back with the scoreboard update. This is Network Indiana's Indiana Sports Talk.